All right, all right. Welcome to episode number two of the Not an MSP Show. It's not. not. I'm Andrew Moon, Orange Nomad. I got my partners in crime with me today, and I will let them introduce themselves today. Hello? Shall I go Are first? You? I'll go first. I yeah. guess in the middle. Next, <laughs> next in line. Hello, I am Pete. Um, and yeah, I'm Pete, and I used to own an MSP, and now I'm not an MSP owner. And um, I run a whole brand called Not a Business Coach, which I guess is where the Not an MSP, actually, where the Not an MSP came from, I guess, is because I don't feel like MSPs are MSPs. First of all, the word MSP is only known by MSPs. Like yeah. customers don't care about what MSP means. And secondly, MSPs are so much more than MSPs nowadays because all the other stuff they need to take care of. So that's the that's the reason thinking behind the name. Yep. Over to Scott, who's on... <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll catch that ball. Thanks. Hey. Oh, wrong side. Uh, hey, everyone. Oh, I'm we Scott Riley. There we go. We'll <laughs> do that next week. We'll put that in there. <laughs> I always get confused by the sides. I'm like, I always do the wrong side. <laughs> go ahead, Scott. Didn't mean to interrupt um, you, bro. No, you're all good. You're all good. It's nice to be here because last week I was on a plane uh, and I, I wanted to join live from the plane um, and I couldn't because there was no Wi Fi. And also, EE, um, our cell phone provider, decided to just have a total outage uh, across the UK. So I had like no internet. It was actually quite cathartic to just have no internet. Ah, I could just put the device down, although I didn't. I picked the device up and I just played Crossy Road for like two hours until we got some internet back. Um, but sorry, hey everyone, I'm Scott Riley. I do run, um, I guess, a, a managed uh, service provider, an MSP. Um, I would honestly say we're more of a consultancy business that works with, you know, small businesses and helps them make the most of what they need from their technology. Uh, but yeah, that's me. It's great to be here. Great to see everyone. And thanks everyone for commenting on where you are today. Uh, we're looking forward to getting into today's topic. Yeah. Welcome, Jez. Uh, it still shows up as LinkedIn user. I don't know why that is. He and I actually did connect last week. So He's a first level connection. That might be because he's coming through my LinkedIn stream, maybe rather than uh, your that's one. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to work all that yeah. out next week, guys, just to let you know. We'll preempt that. Um, we're going to stream everything from our new brand spanking new uh, YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed, oh, yeah. we're at 103 subscribers already this week. <laughs> so if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Um, we may be in a 30 day well, probation. If you're watching on LinkedIn, if you can go and watch over on YouTube, then we'll be able to see your name. Yeah, I think. And I think the comments ah. show up a little quicker too on live streams because there is with LinkedIn, there's like a 20 to 30 second delay in some of the comments uh, at times. That's because they're running on Microsoft minutes. That's probably it. Man. <laughs> Maybe they'll get faster. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. So. Yeah, he said he's actually oh, online. Okay. I was like, go, f <laughs> go. F See, now it's showing up as a third level connection. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's Microsoft. It's it's all I'm going to say. It's Microsoft. So it's, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that to, to debate. So, since you didn't get on last week's live stream, Scott, you you missed a special gift to you, and especially since you were on a plane. So here's what we played a little gift for you. Oh, oh it's so good. Oh, yes. Oh, that was yes. just for you, man. That film. Mwah. Chef's kiss. It's such a good film. Oh. <laughs> All right. You got to tell us. Speaking we of which, Andrew, 
Go ahead. Have you looked at the um, the YouTube uh, stats in the, the YouTube studio? Because the the last the last live stream we did got copyrighted. <laughs> I've got to connect. I've got I to connect. I no, didn't think I've... it was that way. No, I've got to connect our epidemic sound. I, I checked that. Oh, okay. I, have, I have to link my epidemic sound account to our new YouTube channel. So, no, I was good. Good catch, though. So. <laughs> All right, Jez. Uh, he looks like he joined the party over on YouTube. So he, he said enough LinkedIn. So. Oh, we can see him. Yeah. And I want to say I've been seeing all of uh, Jez's videos that he's been putting out on LinkedIn in the last week as well. Yes. Absolutely smashed buddy. I've, yeah, I've seen so many. I've never seen so much of your face, um, but that is a good thing, right? It's, it's really nice to actually see you and hear you. So no, it's awesome. And keep it up. I love it. Yeah, good. So you'll have to tell us how was Top Gun. Don't give any spoilers away because I do want to go see it, but oh, tell us how it was. Like, it's like it's it's simply it's a love letter to the original Top Gun film. So if you yeah. like 1986 Top Gun, it's it's just that, but more. It's oh, it's so good. Nice. It's so good. Like me and my wife sat there, and like every now and then we would just look at each other and giggle about how much fun it was. It's just it's just <laughs> the same. It's just more of the same. It's so good. They didn't try to fix anything. They didn't try to modernize anything. It's just yeah, it's just Top Gun. Love it. Gotcha. Yeah, I know they haven't been super flattering with some of the pictures of Val Kilmer and how us, how we all, we all age. Nobody ages as good as Tom Cruise, I guess. So, Well, yeah, but you, you've got to bear in mind, I think now because of his, I believe he does have throat cancer because of that yeah. he doesn't act anymore. And so for him to even be in the movie at all was just awesome. And, and they made a really good, they, they used him in a really good way. I think it's really cool. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, I always like that character in there. Iceman. Yeah, Jess said he gets Ice copyrighted Man. twice last week on TikTok and remember to connect his account. Yeah, I always miss that part. So <laughs> forget that step. All right. So uh, Jess says, yep, he appreciates the compliment on his videos. Uh, you have to keep people familiar, huh? So yeah. Yeah. You've got to stay top of mind. That's what it's about. Some of us have faces uh, for your radio. Got it quite well. your, your bloop is real. <laughs> We, you know, we found that just, we were looking for something else and we were like, oh, what is it? Oh, remember when? And then we realized like we never showed anyone that video. So we were like, yeah, let's, let's share it because it had us all in stitches in the office this morning when we found it. So we're like, just put it on LinkedIn. There, there was one swear. So we, we put a little bleepy noise over, but oh, so much fun. Get, get one of these. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to get the little ecam bubble, like over maybe over over your mouth. <laughs> yeah, my wife's like the sensor button doesn't work. She's like, we know what you know. We know what people were saying. So she's like, you already thought it, so it kind of ruins it. Anyway, all right, let's jump into our hot topic this week. We want to talk all about strategies to prepare for recession, and we are not here to bring gloom and doom. So first off, I think you guys agree with me. That's not what we're about. Um, so I'm going to pop over here to a couple LinkedIn posts just to kind of preempt. And the discussion is going on right now. This was an article four days ago on LinkedIn. The risk of global recession is on the rise. And this one was like not even a half hour ago. Uh, the gross domestic product mm. here in the United States. The data was released today and the data points to recession. So 
rather than put our, our, our heads in the ground and pretend that it's not coming or not already here, I figured we would talk about just ways to prepare for it. And that's really what we want to do today is just figure out ways to prepare for what the inevitable is. So uh, first off, I want to ask you guys, have you guys gone through a recession in any of the businesses that you currently own or have owned in the past? So I did as an employee. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say not not in like where I've owned a business. This is like my first my first go, and hopefully I feel young and sprightly enough to do this again. Uh, yeah. But no, this <laughs> this is the first time that it'll be a recession. And yeah, I think um, someone from is it Right Computers? White Computers uh, yeah. says we're already in White. one. Yep. And Andrew, yeah, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I said, it, it's here. You know, we're already on the the, the front lines of it. Um, but what we want to do, I've been through a few. Um, the last one that was really in the MSP world for me was 2008. Um, I had a four-year-old kid at home and a four-year-old MSP. So yeah, do the math. I started my MSP the year my son was born. Um, so yeah, it was not pretty, pretty times. Yeah. So I remember rolling change in my living room to getting that business started so I can make a car payment. So yeah. But anyway, you know, so I've been through several. I've been through the dot-com bust with a different business. I've been through uh, the 2001 right after 9-11 here in the States. Um, I've been through quite a few. So we want to just kind of share some things that we have learned in dealing with recession. Um, things of gearing your business up and gearing your mental state up for being able to be prepared. Because I think that's the worst thing we can do is pretend that it's not coming and be unprepared. Um, so we're going to talk about just, just different ways, different tips and techniques today. Um, the, the, the first one that I come up with is I just kind of made a, I usually try to keep it to five or six cause yeah, there could be a million different tips in, on how to do that. But the, the first one that I go back to, and, and for me rolls all the way back to 2008, where this became vital for me was maintaining, improving and nurturing business relationships. Um, so what do you, what would you guys give as far as advice on how to do that right now before it? And maybe during the recession, maybe should your strategy change or how, how should you react? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, yeah. I was going to say one of, one of the key things here is, um, it's, it's the relationship side of things, but from a, from a business perspective, like helping you get through the recession as, as an MSP owner is to look at those customers that you have and look at the services that you currently provide to them and figure out, you should have a really simple matrix. If I have these customers and I have these services and these people take these services so that you can have that opportunity to have the discussion with each of them say, Hey, you know, you currently take this and this from us, but we also did, you know, did you know, we also did these things. So you want to be starting to build out that communication that says, hey, you know, an awareness campaign of the other things that you're able to offer and help with, um, the other services that you provide. And it's got to keep communicating with them. We've got to improve our communication now. Now is not the time to go quiet. Now is the time to be seen. Um, and so if we can, and, and it'll, you know, we'll come down to these other things that you, you can do. But if again, if you as, if you're a player manager in one of these agile MSPs, or if you have someone whose role is, is to be like service delivery manager or account manager, now is the time to really start getting in and talking to your customers 
what's happening in their industry, what's happening to them specifically, you know, are there any ways that you can help to reduce costs, you know, by, you know, better use of technology or, you know, better licensing, something simple, but are there things that you can do to really help make a difference? And that might actually then lead to more of this cross sell up, sell of other things in your portfolio. So you're strengthening your revenue line, you're strengthening your relationship, but also you're taking that time to stop and listen and see what's affecting your customer. And then that's going to help both of you figure out a great way that you can work together through the next period. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I think very, very similar things. And, and it is the key time when you stay in touch with clients. And that, that, that's the thing, like most people will, will just nail down, they'll get their heads down, they'll focus on whatever they need to focus on. And they'll kind of forget the customers are there kind of because you're just so busy doing the day-to-day -day stuff but that is the time when you want to be vocal when you want to be speaking to your clients to your prospects you want to be checking in with them making sure they're okay as much as you're okay and also just from like a from a marketing perspective as well i think it's um it's good to be sharing what's going on in your business so like the public kind of forums and i know not everyone else is kind of okay with that but i love sharing and being very open of you know how how you're doing basically are you winning clients are you losing clients have you had a tough month like what's been the crap that's been thrown at you this month and how have you dealt with it like that kind of stuff from like a from a marketing perspective and certainly on linkedin performs really well um so it can do quite well to be sharing that kind of stuff and, and get your reach out a bit further and potentially even get you know get some new prospects in through that way um but yeah now is the time to be reaching out to clients booking in those catch-up calls those qbrs the tbrs and just making sure you're in communication with them because i'm sure everyone knows but when a client goes quiet that's the worst thing like you just have no idea and you can only assume the worst at that point if they reply back at least and say hey it's okay or we're struggling at least you know and you can deal with things but it's certainly in my experience the ones that go quiet are the ones that normally end up like liquidating falling through whatever it might be so just try and get that communication uh, and going and, and just look at it an opportunity so for, for me Yes, I wasn't running a business um, when the last recession happened in like 2008 side of things, but I actually started my business in 2011. So it was like the very tail end of that recession. And it was a really good opportunity because that's some great time to be you know, starting a business, trying to grow out of it, taking on some new clients that have been through some tough times. And someone comes in that's you know, got that level of expert knowledge, is perhaps not as expensive as other people are it's a great opportunity. So I think that's a really good time to be able to go out there and start really pushing your services. Like Scott said, assess and have a matrix of what you've got, know the services you sell. Um, there are really, really fantastic ways. There's tools built into all your PSA tools um, that allow you to get the data out. Um, tools like BrightGage will be able to allow you, and I, I did this with my MSP, so we use ConnectWise. We had BrightGage that we could do a, a matrix and exactly like a matrix with ticks in that said the services we sell, the clients we offer them to and literally you could just look across and go oh okay those th that client they've got it support but they haven't got a lease line they haven't got a phone system yep. so the first thing it did for me was that i could show my staff so there was no awkward conversations of oh hey your lease line's down you need to go and phone your lease line provider y yeah that's that's us you, you need to do the work <laughs> that was kind of what it firstly fixed and then secondly it was a fantastic tool for like yeah account reps to actually know where they could upsell and um and just approach the clients because no matter how many times we would say, do you know, we also do lease lines. Do you know, we also do phone systems. We would still have the phone calls that come in saying, hey, so we've just signed up for this five-year deal with this this like telco company for a new phone system. 
they've installed a new broadband system. Can you come and set it up? It's like, hey, if you'd have told of us, told us about it, we could have done that without the additional cost of a broadband line for a start. Yeah. And it's just, it, it always happens. So there's, there's never too many times to remind them that you also do other things than just like the thing that they're doing at the moment. Exactly. And it's, that was one of the things, especially like during 2008, I was still kind of new as an MSP and I did what everybody else, I was looking for new leads. I was looking for new business. And then when that all dried up, when the referrals stopped because nobody was spending money, it, that's what I did. Okay. Now let's go back. How do I take care, better care of my clients? And I started too late when I had that. I, I, I got too, too far behind in that process, but the thankful thing is everybody that was a client in 2008 was with me in 20, 2014 when I sold. Every single one of them. I didn't lose a single customer. And one of them, I went from, you know, $75 a seat to 2014. I was at $563 a seat. And that's a whole different episode there. But it's about selling your value, selling more than just managed services. You know, there's a lot more to that. And, and yeah, that was not a standard managed service contract. So for those of you who are ready to throw stuff at the screen <laughs> saying that, you know, exactly. I took advantage of clients. There was a lot more to that and it was a lot more than the typical managed service offering. So yes, a lot of customization, a lot of handhold, a lot of things that we did that it's funny. No other MSP since we sold has done that for them. They've gone through three other MSPs since 2014 because nobody's willing to do the extra things that we did. And I charged for it. I made money on it. I provided value, but yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. Your TBRs, these, these, you know, catch up meetings don't have to be a formal process with numbers and graphics and where you're trying to sell anything to them. I think, you know, Scott and P you touched on, it's about that relationship. Um, so one of the things I did is just, Hey, we're, we're, we want to provide lunch for your staff. We're going to bring in, you know, pizza or salads, whatever it is. And we just want to sit and have lunch with you and just talk about things. And just doing those types of things ahead of time like that, you, you hear a lot more in those conversations than you would in a formal TBR, QBR meeting. And that's what I was looking for. How, what are some other things that I might be able to solve problems for them? Not just in their business life, but it's work life. That's it's, there's no work slash life anymore. It's just work life. So, um, anyway, so let's, let's welcome a couple what do you guys of think to me, Go ahead. I, I've always had this like, thought in the back of my mind or, or saying, maybe I put it, picked it up from somewhere, but like an MSP is a recession proof model because in a recession, people are going to pay you to fix the stuff. When you're out of the recession, people are going to pay you to buy the new stuff. What do you, do, do you, do you agree with that? I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily recession proof. I think, you know, I think the difference, at least my take going into this next one, that seat at the table that we've been striving to get for years to be seen as a legitimate, you know, part of business and a critical part of a business. I mean, it like, that's what COVID gifted us. I mean, people realize we, our business literally cannot survive without technology. Um, so I think it, in one sense, there isn't anything that's going to, I, you know, cause that's what I changed the title of this show. Um, you know, we, I initially was talking about that. You know, I think you and I, you know, how to recession proof your MSP. 
I don't think you really can, but I think it's going to be easier this time around if you're prepared. Like if you're taking these steps, things that we're talking about right now, I think that will help you. But I think the seat at the table that, that, that IT has can't be undermined or shoved under the rug anymore. Um, so I think that, that, that is one gift uh, that we've had. So I do think um, it, it, it's back to what uh, a point that Jez made earlier, just when we were talking about video, he said, you've got to, you've got to stay in front of people, right? You've got to stay front and center. Um, a lot of this, you know, a lot of times I think QBRs can get missed. TBRs can get missed uh, because, hey, the service is running great and, you know, the support tickets are being handled and, and everything's great. And we can we can go quiet on the customers. And I think we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be uh, afraid of, of keeping sending out those reports, those while you were sleeping reports. You know, whilst you know, this month we've, you know, done so many tickets, we've blocked so many threats, but wh whatever it is that you have in your kind of monthly reporting, but just make sure that it's getting there and it's getting read. Because the reason why people turn off services like IT support is because they don't see the value in them. Yep. And so you have to keep showcasing that value. And it's not, you know, I, I talk about tickets and, you know, protecting from viruses, and things like that. Like that, that's the small stuff. But building this relationship and keeping that communication open is going to evidence, you know, that you do have an actual partnership. You are really there to understand what does their business need from technology. And yeah, do you know what? It's going to be a lot of heavy lifting maybe than, than we've done before because it's easy to fight and fight and fight to win the customer, get the deal, get the, the managed service contract sold, and then have them handled by the service desk and all those tickets getting handled really well within SLA. But is that really the partnership and relationship that we, we wanted to build? And so, you know, for some uh, MSPs, this is gonna be, you know, a lot more effort to put into that relationship management over time. And, you know, in, in the smaller businesses, that's gonna put more strain on the, the owner operator, and so it's going to force you to look at, well, how, again, can I offload? And we always talk about this. How can I offload my tasks so that I can spend my time on the important things? And, you know, this business relationship with your customer is, is number one, I think, as, as we're in this, you know, heading into this recession. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like Pete mentioned, it's going to be, you've got the tools. I mean, so don't get stuck in the tools. We have the tools. Uh, it's going to be about just carving out the time and making ourselves visible. So, so Sean Lardo, welcome uh, to the broadcast. We appreciate having you today, brother. So speaking of ConnectWise, uh, so he is with ConnectWise. Uh, let's get welcome Robert Gibbons to the show. We didn't give you the, the, the proper heads up there as well, Robert. Got to give you the DJ air horn there. So, uh, so White Communication said, like Pete, I started the, my business at the end of the recession. Great timing as lots of other startups needing IT formed too. So I think that is an opportunity. That's what I saw out of 2008. A lot of businesses started during that recession. Um, so I think, you know, that's an opportunity. We'll get to that in a minute about a, a different point uh, that we have on that. Marco Hernandez catching us again this week. Appreciate you, Marco. Said uh, catching up with the live broadcast. Greetings from Toronto. And let's see here. Simon Carlo, we appreciate. He's got the man flu. Boo! Oh, uh, sorry, man. <laughs> Nobody likes being sick when it's nice outside. No. So, you know, we we entertain. So that's what we're here for. We'll provide some entertainment while we're here, Simon. So, 
<laughs> All right, let's go back up here. Sean, Sean did have a question. Let me make sure I didn't miss it. So we'll try to cover questions as we go to what was the percentage of total revenue between your service offering and products you resell? I'm assuming that was probably directed at my uh, MSP practice, uh, Scott, with my $563 seat customer. That was a mix of everything. We did everything. We provided hardware as a service. We did their website, unlimited support on their website. We did, I, I owned everything on the network. Uh, routers, switches, phones, monitors, mice, like everything. And it was anything broke. They'd never had to worry about it. We just put in a new one. Their contract stayed the same and they loved it. Um, but I didn't do a lot of product sales. I, I made sure that when we did product sales, that it was included in an MSP pricing. So if it was new hardware, obviously they would be charged for that. But everything after that went into, you know, hardware as a service. At the end, we were doing complete hardware as a service. Um, and standardization made that really key for us to get to that point of $563 a seat. Uh, because every single client we had had the exact same servers, exact same monitors, exact same computers. The computers were, if it was a desktop, it was only one of two. If it was a laptop, it was one of two. So we knew every single thing in our customers was the same. So we were able to streamline so much. And I learned that in 2008. That was one of the things we started doing. It is very difficult to maintain networks when everything is different. When you're doing one-offs in every network, it is very hard to grow that way. Um, but that's what I did during that recession. I got good at the processes. We figured out, okay, what hardware are we going to supply to our customers to make this easier to grow? Um, so that was my, my game plan going forward with that. Uh, Jez did have a question too. What are the top tools for keeping in touch with your customer? Uh, I'll let you guys kind of comment on this, you know, since you're more recent with some of the tools that are out there. I mean, Je Jez is already there. He's on TikTok. <laughs> He's doing well. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, it was uh, very timely because there was a, a message I sent out this morning on LinkedIn and, and had an email this morning or yesterday. Um, HubSpot have just changed their um, pricing plans to go from, you used to have to spend like six or 700 pounds a month to get their marketing automation, which is like, if this happens, then send these emails or do this thing. Um, they've now brought that down to the the basic kind of starter pack, which is, 40 bucks a month, 50, 50 pounds a month, something along those lines. Um, and it's the reason why I started looking towards uh, Active Campaign because they did have those features in that lower lower down package. So um, yeah, if, if you were looking at HubSpot and just thought it was too expensive, then it might be worth revisiting again. But just making sure, uh, yeah, tools like your email, reaching out through phone calls, like, like manual process of pick up the phone and phone them, those kind of things can work yeah. really, really well. Um, I love the whole video marketing thing because again, it's a great way to stand out from the crowd, from everyone else that isn't doing it already. Um, and even tools, I've, I've started using the, I think I said last week, the Bonjero um, yeah. thing that Nigel uses from the Tech Tribe just to be able to send video messages to, so anybody that signs up for my newsletter through any of the lead gen materials that I've got uh, set up now, they get a Bonjero video sent back just to say, hey, thanks for downloading it. What else can I do to help you? And it's a really yeah. nice way to, and I've had a few replies back saying, wow, that's, I wasn't expecting that at all. That's the kind of stuff that helps you not, not, not just kind of, do the thing and reply back and stay in touch, but really stand out from the crowd as well. So, um, yeah, big fan of yeah anything video related just really helps. Yep. Yeah. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. So super simple mm -hmm. tools there. Any other tools that you could think of? I know we could sit here and talk about tools all day. We love, we just, we love to talk about our tools. 
No, I think, um, I, Pete, you nailed it. I was also thinking Loom instead of Bonjoro, just that nice way of putting your face in front of things, that asynchronous uh, video messaging that, like I see my wife and her family do all the time on WhatsApp. They're, they're just sending each other one-way video calls. And I'm like, I, I don't know what it is, but they always seem to be like one step ahead of what I then see happening in business. I'm like, oh, I can, yeah, this, this really should be more of a thing. Um, but I think, you know, Robert uh, makes the exact point. Pick up the phone. You know, it's, it's that real human to human communication that people want. Um, and yeah, you might phone at the wrong time. So I, I love the idea. Like we have things like Growably now when you look in, in Tech Tribe. So we're sending out like regular newsletters. We're sending out what's happening in our business. We're putting things on LinkedIn to showcase, you know, wins and personality and, you know, what we do and how we help. So I think all of these different ways that we're, that we're doing, this kind of one-way communication that just keeps going out there, that just shows we're still here, we're real people, you can like us and you can get to know us that way. And we do the right things that can help your business. But then it's really going to be like some of those while you were sleeping reports, showcase your value. What have we done for you this month, Mr. Customer? So that, and, and not in a boring, long-winded 20-page report PDF that no one's going to read, right? Find a nice way. It's a simple email. It's a simple, hey, you know, we did some cool stuff for you this month, but just keep it lightweight so that people have got the time to go, oh, cool. Wow, yeah, they've done some great stuff this month. Okay, move on. But it just, it's there. You sowed that seed. So when the, the monthly invoice comes in, yeah, I know these guys are doing good stuff. When the renewal comes in, these guys do good stuff. I know that they do. But picking up the phone and saying, hey, you know, how's, how's things going? How's your business? Are you growing? You know, how are you finding things in the recession? One of the biggest things that I think we'll probably talk about this shortly is, is like, you know, what, what are the offerings that you have? One of the big things that we're going to see in our customers is going to be mergers and acquisitions. So have you got a set of consultancy or tools or proven methods that say, hey, you know, you're buying another business or you're being bought by another business because if, if they are buying another business, you want to give them a really nice way to integrate that business, those two sets of technologies together, maybe three, six, five tenants, you know, pull all that stuff together, and make life easy for them so that you can extend your IT support over the business they just bought. If it's yep. the other way around and your customer is the one that's being bought, well, hey, you still want to keep the IT project, IT services, right? So how can you showcase your value that you are the best people to pull these two organizations together and help manage it ongoing. Now that's going to be tougher in that way around, but you can still have this opportunity to have that conversation, showcase your value, have a proven way to do it. Pete, go, go, go. Go. So I put my hand up. Um, one thing to add to that, because I mentioned it to a guy this morning when I was speaking to him, that exact scenario, if um, your clients are getting bought out or something's happening and you don't really know what's going on, that's one of the exact reasons why you should be credit checking your customers. Because if you are credit checking and monitoring your clients, it will tell you if the whole board has resigned and a whole new board has been appointed. And it's at that moment you can go, oh, hang on, something's changed here. Let's pick up the phone. Let's phone the customer and say if we can get, you know, can we get a meeting? Can we just catch up? Again, just drop in, get pizza for the whole, you know, the whole staff. Make a reason for, to visit. So you are first and proactively in the doors <clears> rather <throat> than kind of being the one that finds out three months later. Uh, by which stage it's like, oh, yeah, well, we've worked with these these IT people for the or, or the like, last two years. So we're just going to bring them in and they're going to deliver our IT now, yep. which has happened a few times. <laughs> yeah. Link, LinkedIn, by the way, will do the same thing for you if you have LinkedIn Sales Navigator, uh, because I monitor that. I still have a lot of uh, legal clients. So I'm starting to see a lot of that, whether or not they're slowing growth. 
And they will that will is is a lead up to a couple things that we're going to cover in a minute. What you can do, but when you start to see that, they know it's coming too, and that's one of the things that they're doing is to get ahead of it. So when you see people, so how does that work in LinkedIn? Sorry, Andrew. Um, it tells you that their their staff numbers aren't increasing like they yeah. normally do. Or yeah, if you have them, like uh, if you're connected to people inside certain companies, um, it will actually tell you whether or not those companies are slowed growth or accelerating growth. Because um, I've actually seen a couple that are accelerating growth right now. Um, because that's the other thing a recession opens up. It opens up opportunity. Um, because unfortunately, there are going to be people that aren't going to be with us on the other side of the recession in business. So there's opportunity there. Um, but yeah, if you set that up in sales navigator, I don't know whether you have to set it up as a, like an account lead. You can mark them as a lead, but I don't think I, I generally don't. Um, but it just, when I go into sales navigator, it tells me these companies have slowed growth. These companies have accelerated growth and it's based upon job offerings, uh, that they have posted through their LinkedIn company page and also people who, maybe worked for, let's just say, worked for LinkedIn are now working someplace else. So when people make those updates, they can see that there's there's an exodus and it will tell you. Um, so that's, that is, again, another trigger thing. If we were talking tools um, that can come to the rescue for sure. So, all right. So uh, let's see here. Make sure we didn't miss any questions. Did I miss any guys uh, before we move on to the couple? I love Eric's point. Eric says, hey, you know, phoning people up is easy for us to say. Um, his kids, 17 and 20, they won't even pick up the phone to order a pizza. I, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, so yeah. again, in the same way, though, but like a quick Teams chat message, you know, across your client, pretty much we have open federation on Teams. So again, just a quick message. Hey, man, how's things going? You know, can we have a quick catch up? And, and even just having that catch up over Teams, just yeah. having that quick chat. Um, and again, that can be asynchronous because they can see your messages and then they can reply when they have five minutes. Because again, getting hold of people, you know, might be difficult or they just don't want to chat that way. But actually chatting through them with them on Teams, just text to text, you can still kind of build that relationship. You can still get the essence of what's happening. And if it turns into a longer conversation, you're like, hey, why don't we catch up for a coffee or some pizza, you know, at a lunch um, and arrange it that way. But you can get that first communication in through Teams as well it can be a really nice way. Yeah. Oh, other instant messaging platforms are available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So welcome, Eric, uh, rejoining us. It's been a while since I've seen him, uh, my fellow Ohio Seabus compatriot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Marco also said the bubble on his website sends an SMS through globally has been amazing for him. Allows him to respond immediately. So that's good. You're improving sales process communication. And embedding Calendly on his website has helped referral partners send me more referrals. Great. Just closed the sale this morning because of a prospect only had my URL. Excellent. So those are definitely ways. So uh, let's see here. One last comment before we get into the other one. So Marco said, wow, it's very interesting. Low hanging fruit right there. If you have identify a growing company I, equals IT needs. So that kind of goes back to what the, the initial one we were talking about, maintain relationships. That's when I started my LinkedIn journey was in 2008. I've been on LinkedIn since 2006, but I started going through and just building relationships in fields that may not ever become customers because they can, they can refer people to you. So, um, so perfect there. All right. So we, we'll get to the second point now. We're going to know we're 
We've got lots, <laughs> lots more. We got, man, we could talk about that first one forever. The second one I had here was diversifying our offerings. And I think we've kind of touched on a, a few of those uh, already. Uh, one of the offerings that we started providing after 2008 was website services, website hosting we started with. I know a lot of IT folks, for some reason, I don't know why that is, a lot of IT companies will not even host their own website. Like they're relying on somebody else to do that. And I'm like, why do I want to do that? It's not, it's really not that hard. And you just go, there's lots of WordPress developers out there. There's lots of WordPress guys who can do tickets if for WordPress. And that's what I did. I went and found somebody that when a ticket came in, it would go automatically to him. He solves the problem, closes the ticket, moves on. But you provide that as a resource. And I was able to charge money on, on our managed service contract for providing managed web hosting. Now you've got managed security, managed backups. Nobody's backing up their WordPress site. Nobody's watching to make sure stuff's not getting in there. You guys can all charge money for that. So you guys have any other ideas on, 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 on that that you might want to maybe throw in the, the arsenal that people could think about? I, I definitely think, yeah, diversification, absolutely. And I'm, I'm kind of diversifying what I'm doing a, a lot at the moment. Um, I wonder if there's anything out there, like kind of like Scott's doing I mean, with building the course, because I, I, I love having like a digital product that's low maintenance, low overhead. I'm not quite sure what that could entail from an MSP to an end user. But there's got to be something like that that you could develop that's that's useful to to an end user or you know an end prospect. I think, I mean, for me, when I look at you know diversification, I, I look at it especially in a recession model with how do I do that and stay lean the whole time? Yeah. How do we keep the business lean, keep the staff low? So, if I'm going to diversify the portfolio, I'm probably going to do that through a partnership with someone, through someone who can provide a great service that I can you know, integrate our system so that the ordering process and the billing reconciliation is easy so that it appears transparent essentially to our customer that, hey, we provide this service to you, but it's backed off to somebody else. And, and you know, we've talked many times that, you know, I do that with our service desk, but are there other services like that, like 24 by 7 managed security operations? Because cybersecurity is going to continue to be one of those huge things that MSPs either have to build in-house and, and do well in-house or partner up with someone who's going to, you know, deliver that in a really great way that you can just kind of do, like I look at it and go, I want to take that as cost plus margin and sell it through to the customer. I can diversify what I do. I can keep up with, with other organizations who do what I do, but it means I don't have to try and get more and more expensive staff, more and more, you know, people on the payroll. How do I do it in a great way that keeps us lean? And I think that's going to be really important, you know, to help, you know, push through the, the recession as well. Yeah. So just, you know, do you think of anything else that I'm MSPs out, aren't offering? Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. This might be a really stupid idea, um, but why doesn't someone already offer this? So as an MSP, you have a service where um, you just basically vet other people's quotes or you vet other people's IT support kind of services and plans that they're on. So basically, if, if I'm a client and I'm kind of not sure if what I'm paying is is right, or maybe it's too expensive, or maybe it doesn't include everything or includes too much, then there's a service where I pay a, a low fixed flat fee, whatever it's going to be of 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, something like that. And the MSP takes it on, reviews everything, goes, no, that's all fine. You're paying about right. There's a couple of areas you could do with improvements or changes on, but 
gives them an idea on kind of what what they're paying for. And maybe you have as a rule, like we will not quote you. Like if you approach us and buy this service from you, we will not quote you. Um, because there's always that worry that, of course, you're going to just try and use it to show your own services and, and use it as a prospecting uh, tool as well, um, which perhaps there are ways of, of doing that. But yeah, I don't know if that is that a stupid idea or if, <laughs> just what, why doesn't that exist already? Because that sounds like it would be great potential lead generation as well if you worded it and got it, got the structure right. I've, I've seen. Kind I feel of like people... we need. A... Go ahead, Scott. Go go go. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like we need a uh, an independent website that has like, you know, um, unbiased reviews. That it's almost like the TripAdvisor. Like it's it's this much. This is the service, and this is how good it is. And this is how much they charge. Because uh, you can get that for all mm -hmm. kinds of software. I feel like if you were to do it as an MSP, it would naturally just feel slanted towards yeah. you or perhaps a partner that you work with who, you know, you can recommend, oh, well, you're paying too much. Maybe if you work with these guys, I mean, we're not going to quote you, but it, perhaps you could work with these guys over here. And then there's a rebate scheme. Now, I'm not saying that uh, that is yeah. the case, but I think that's how the buyer is going to perceive that. Um, but mm -hmm. I love the idea. I love, I, I wish there was an independent place where people could kind of go, hey, let me benchmark what this looks like. Um, I had a call uh, a couple of weeks ago from uh, someone who was, they're, they're starting up a business and they were just trying to get an idea of what do managed IT services cost in the market. And I was like, well, you know, I know um, there's, there's some organizations that will charge between this and this per seat, you know, for, for basic, you know, reactive, <coughs> almost like that good, better, best, and just giving them some steering price points. Absolutely no intention of, you know, buying from us or me selling to them. But I was like, I'm happy to give that advice. I just think customers would be suspicious of it. Like if we were to say, hey, we have this service. Yeah, I, I I think I kind of agree with you there, <clears throat> but I think that is a, one of the things that I would clarify. It's a question mark that if people aren't happy with their IT services right now, a coming recession is going to make them jump ship just mm. if it's cost savings or whatever. So there is going to be, I think, more opportunity during that recession where people knuckle down and actually figure out we need to get what we're paying for. So I would love to see somebody just do a live stream like this and say, what is in a typical managed service contract and what does it mean? So this is, if, even if he just gave yeah. that away for free yeah. and yeah. just that way, it's just an least, education. Right? at least people know what those terms mean and they yeah. know what to look for and how to compare apples to apples. Mm. On next week's show. Just <laughs> now, now writing down idea. <laughs> yeah, Jez will beat me to it. He'll have it on TikTok in like twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> and again, it doesn't got to be super. I mean, you could actually split that up. You could do it in one one live stream. Like I said, it doesn't even need to be live. Just sit and record it, snip it up, and make repurpose your content. We talked a lot about that. Um, but yeah, from but that, that could be a perfect lead gen for like MSPs to work on across like the recession, like to have that kind of <clears> material and content. You just have to be yeah. very, very careful. Like Scott said, that it's not, oh, hey, come and buy IT services from us at the end of it. It needs yeah. to be yeah. as independent as possible. Um, even if you have like, bring someone else on to do that piece and just use that as, you know, delivered by this completely independent third party, here's the information. So it's completely detached. But um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic kind of bit of lead gen. I, I think yeah. it's, it, it's brilliant in that, like, that's how we did our lunch and learns. I didn't sell anything. All mm -hmm. I said, I would just cover points and I would say, Make sure your IT guide is doing this. Make sure your IT company's doing this. And it wasn't selling anything. 
And for my customers mm-hmm. that were sitting in the audience, it was, if you're already our customers, we're already doing that for you, by the way. So you don't need to worry about that. But if you yeah. want to check us out, you know, at least you know what you're paying for. So, and again, multiple things there. But yeah, just think about some things you can, you can do there. I love this comment from Sean, automate, automate, automate everything. So yeah, you're, you may have some downtime. It may get slow. There may be less leads. That's the time to do these things. Um, and that's when I knuckled down in 2008. And that's, we started building those systems in ConnectWise. Everything was super dead simple for text to log time so that we could track it to make sure we're profitable. Every single thing was automated that we could automate. Um, so yeah, for sure. So, uh, Robert Can said, I, "Sorry, guys, he's got to well, jump off." So go ahead, Scott. I, I, I just had an idea, and I think it's great, and I think I should do it myself. <laughs> but I'm just not that kind of greedy person to keep it to myself. So I'm going to be stupid and say, "Look, um, this this idea of um, like a, a nice recorded webinar or something like how much should you pay for outsourced IT services and give people some real examples like, you know, fifty person business, hundred person business." What can they expect to see in the market from like good, better, best offerings and what are the typical price points and what's included? Then go and update your website, have a landing page on your website that helps someone just get a rough idea of how much managed IT services costs from you with sliders. How many people do you have? Do you want us to work eight by five? Do you want 24 by seven? Do you want like our, you know, standard package that includes these things or is, are any of these things important to you? Tick, tick, tick. And as it's doing that, it's just adding up a price to the right-hand side per seat to give them a, an estimate. It's a, it's a rough estimate. It's not a you know, set in stone quote, but it helps someone who's never worked with you before look at you and go, oh, right, okay. And I can see the variables. If I add this, it's, it's increasing the price. If I take this out, it's decreasing the price. I can now get a rough idea. And then there's a button that says, hey, do you want to chat? Cool, you know, get in touch. Maybe it's a growably link or it's a chat now on one of the chat bots, or, you know, it's an opportunity to just book in with your calendar to say, hey, you know, I'd like to have a chat about IT services. But again, it's just that, you know, really easy way for someone who isn't an IT expert to do a couple of sliders, get a couple of, these are, these are things that are important to my business. You know, I work in a regulated industry, tick. Okay, well, you know, this is probably going to be important to you. Couple of checkboxes, couple of sliders, not asking for their email address, not trying to harvest any data, just let them make the decision and get a rough price themselves. And I know we talk about this all the time. Should you put your prices on your website or not? Well, this is down to your comfort factor, right? Yep. But here's an opportunity for someone who's never worked with you to watch that webinar, Go to your website, play around with some sliders. If they see, you know, they like what they see, and you're the guys that are being out there and putting the prices out, and we all know, like Marcus Sheridan, this is this is how he started. Like, make the prices available, right? Yep. If they're interested, they're going to come to you. That's that's them doing the research. It's that zero moment of truth. They find out the price. They figure out what's included in the service. They can compare it to what they're paying today, service and price, and then they can decide they might want to buy from you. I'm stupid for saying this is something I, I am immediately going to go and plan with our dev team for the website. There's Someone's going to beat me to it. This, right. There's, this there's... is like the exact thing that I've been looking at um, yesterday. I, I'm looking at some coaching for like improving courses. And because obviously I've got a course that I run um, and coaching side of things. So I'm looking for coaching to help me do better coaching and courses. And I, I know because someone else has told me it's about like 12 grand's worth uh, to invest in. But when I went to sign up for their course or like look at the website, the only thing it had me, me do was apply for a place. There was no pricing at all on the website. There was no like, this is what's included. It was just like a, a really long and annoyingly long application form. 
I couldn't be bothered. Like I, I've got bored. I'm now looking at other courses because I kind of want to know exactly how much it is, how long it goes on for, like what I'm going to get included within it. And, and like buy now, like it's on them to prove the value that I'm going to get. It's not on them to vet me first. Um, and if pricing's hidden, it always just feels to me like um, they're going to they're gonna speak to me first to find out how much money I've got, which then is going to dictate the price they quote me because they know I've got some money to spend. They're going to quote me a little bit more. If they're not on a budget, then they're going to quote me a little bit less and it'll be cheaper, but basically get the same thing. So yeah, just it, it, it applies to IT, but it also applies to other areas. Even though it's a high ticket price, I think that's the argument a lot of the time is, oh, I, MSPs, this, this bespoke, it's very expensive. It doesn't matter. Like It applies in all sorts of industries. You can spend a lot of money. There's no reason why you can't show your pricing. And it's on you to yeah, explain and dictate and show what dictates prices, what controls the price going up and down, and how can the price come down if... We always did this when we, um, when we quoted clients and they're like, Ah, it's a bit too expensive. Like, can you do anything on price? We literally take the project plan, show them the project plan, and say, "Well, you just tell me which ones of these tasks you'll be doing, and then we can reduce the price." Yeah. And they went, "Oh, okay. There's quite a lot to it. Let's no, that's fine. You you just crack on." Yeah. And, and by the way, I Scott, like, um, there's there's a WordPress plugin that? for that. There's a WordPress <laughs> plugin that will do that. It's like sixty bucks. I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I like Simon's <laughs> comment. He says, hey, we've had our prices on the website since 2012. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I'm looking at your website right now. Um, and I can see you've basically got good, better, best. I love it. It's perfect. Um, my challenge, I think, to you and to me, right? Because this this is the idea that I just had for, for our site is to go, how how can we make that more accessible to the, to the customer who doesn't really understand IT services? How can we, you know, have them like check a couple of boxes maybe and give them a total price per month, you know? Things like say, like, I'm in a regulated industry. Well, do you know what? This is probably, you need more of these types of things. Um, I'm in this type of organization. Okay, well, you probably need these types of things. Is, is this type of business issue important to you? Because then it'll help them differentiate between those three packages there. Um, I might be way off. I've, I've taken two seconds to look at your kind of good, better, best. But I'm just trying to think more, you know, for ourselves, how do we make it super accessible to people who don't, you know, they, they look at your website, they look at my website and they go, I don't know, you know, this, these IT guys all talk the same language and it doesn't mean anything to me. How do we make it more accessible? That's, that's what I'm asking myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, that it, again, it goes back to why nobody's doing it. Everybody's afraid. Sorry. I mean, it's just yeah. people are scared to do it, but you don't know until you try, but guess what? It, you know, what you talked about, Scott, if I go through and I watch, watch that recording and I, by the way, that recording of that webinar can be on the same landing page with your slider. So you can actually explain those things to them, have it bookmarked in the video. Um, just saying. Where you can walk through those things, what they mean. So if you're not sure what this is, click this up here, this part, of, this chapter in my YouTube video will explain what that is. So they don't have to watch the whole thing, but it's, it's there. But get, guess what you have if somebody's gone through that process and then they actually book time on your calendar. That's the holy grail of what we want as an MSP is a hot lead. That's somebody who's ready to do something that is clear they have a problem. It's clear that they don't, that what they've tried isn't working. They've gotten clarity. Now you need to give them the confidence that you're the right person. So if I'm going to book time on your calendar, I obviously think you're the right person. Now I need to get them committed to actually making that change. So 
you're working through those three C's of marketing. Um, but again, everybody's afraid to do it. So, uh, yep. Simon says the same thing. It, it is a great starting point. Um, and I think if we do that again, that what, that's what makes you different. Every, I get that question all the time. How do I, how do I differentiate myself from everybody else doing the things that people are afraid to do? Sorry. That's the easy, you want the easy button? That's the easy button. Is, the, is it hard work? Yeah. Is it uncomfortable sometimes? Things we're not comfortable doing? Yeah. Is it going to be worth it? Only time will tell, but I can tell you it will be. Um, all right, let's move on. We're kind of running out of time. So we, we, we covered that. Maintain, improve your relationships, diversify your offerings, protect your cash flow. We've kind of talked about that. Go through your own expenses. Figure out what you need, what you can cut. Help your customers to do the same thing. Um, and that way, again, if, you're, if you have friends that are accounting firms, that might be a great webinar. Things that you can do to you know, help your business plan for the coming recession. Do a webinar with an accountant one, for your customers. Just saying. One thing that I've, um, I've actually kind of scrapped the idea of doing it on my channel because I don't think it fits on, in my, my particular YouTube channel or my niche, but um, something that MSPs could focus on is trying to educate people around telecoms costs because there's a load of posts going around on LinkedIn right now about yeah. people that have been stung for like seven-year-long um, telephone contracts that tie them into ridiculous like thousands per month for like only like 10 seats. So just re-educating your, uh, you know, just re-educating businesses in general on this is what a phone system should cost. Kind of what Scott was saying, but just on phone systems. This is what it should cost. This is yep. the cost per seat. Do you need voicemail? Do you need any, you know, add-ons? A price calculator. No contracts or short-term contracts or year contracts. Absolutely fine, but there should be no reason in today's world why you're signing up to a seven-year term at you know, thousands per month. Yeah. Uh, for a phone system so just something like that could work quite well to um just try and reduce costs so on, on that kind of aspect uh, yeah, just and educating it, again yeah exactly and if you're, if you're wanting to produce content that's different you have to do exactly what pete said you're giving me context at this point with your content i now know mm -hmm. okay how how do i make this fit for me and that's what that education does so I, I felt bad because somebody posted, hey, I've been putting out content for a year and getting nothing out of it. But I went and looked at his content and it was the same as everybody else's. This company got hacked today. This, this, this company got hacked uh, you know, yesterday or this. You're just giving me a bunch of random content and not giving me the context to how do I use that? How does it benefit me? So people will, they t I turn it off. Like I, well, if I'm scrolling through my feed and I don't see something that's... Yeah going on in my head i just keep scrolling um but that is i think to me with video if it looks like someone else has produced it as in like they've paid for someone to make it for them that kind of thing it just looks like a generic kind of what we say about websites like if it's yeah. just full of stock things like stock video stock photography i just generally ignore it i, I know it's probably not gonna be very good it's gonna be generalized and yeah i i think personality what wins above all else like personality exactly what exactly why i worked for jez it was him literally holding up his mobile phone yep. talking to the camera for like a minute and everyone's seen it and it's, it's picked up like two clients from him i think in the last month or the last last two weeks it's been yeah it's been nuts yeah and that's what proves it i went to his linkedin page by the way went through his bio he owns two pet rescues so the guy's into dogs so i'm like that's what you need to be talking about occasionally sprinkling that in on linkedin that's what people want you're bonding over something that you're both have interest in 
And then, oh, by the way, in addition to two, running two pet rescues, I also have an IT company. That's how you create content that's different. You're giving he me also context. loves his Tesla, which he's nicknamed as Jesla, which also gets a few comments. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And again, it's, it just allows us to relate to you as a person. So, exactly. Um, let's see here. What else we got to keep debt and expenses to a minimum kind of goes in with uh, protecting cash flow. And again, that's something you can help your customers go through. Kind of what you said, Pete. Look through what other things you know they're spending on that are tech related that you could offer help with. Hey, can we look at your telecom bill? We don't really, even if you're not doing VoIP, you could pass that, have somebody look at that and say, hey, you know, I think you're probably paying too much. I can have somebody over here that maybe can take a look at that and, and just kind of verify that for you. You're offering to help me. So those are the main one I have with that is um, it's normally broadband connections. If they've got a telecom service, <laughs> they've probably sold them a broadband line they don't need because had yep. you been part of the discussion, you could have just put in, the one line that you've got and just VLAN it and segregated it and done all the clever stuff saves them 40, 50 pounds a month. Yep. Maybe they've got that again in another office. So you can save them a lot of money by just doing small tweaks like that. Yeah. By the way, Eric Steffi, who's on the call today, me and him go way back. He was, he was one of my telecom broad, broadband connections and that's what I would do. Yeah. So he knows, but that's the connection I had. I like, I didn't sell resell broadband connections. I didn't want to get into that end of things, but every single customer has a broadband connection they're spending money on. So I wanted to have contacts where I knew that the customer was getting helped. People like Eric allowed me to do that. Um, but, but I would uh, reducing cost. just literally just go to your zero print yep. out a P and L take all your expenses and just literally go through line by line, all your expenses. And yep. um, we did a process where we would, put a green or we, we you know, you know, export to Excel, highlight the stuff in green that you can't change. It just needs to stay as it is. Highlight the stuff in orange that you think is worth trying to negotiate if you can do. Um, even things like your RMM tools, PSA tools, there's no reason why you couldn't go back to you know, your RMM vendors and just ask if there's any way to reduce it. Because in some cases, there are silly things like if you buy more licenses, you hit a new pricing tier, which then drops the price. Things yep. like that that you don't know until you ask the question. And then and anything that you can... Um, just kill off because you don't need it anymore. Just just put it in red. You know, maybe you've got like a Spotify subscription when you used to have an office and now you don't have an office. So you can kill those off. Just just things like that. So yeah, Excel spreadsheet, green, amber, red, and then run run that every like three months just to make sure you're not missing anything. Yep. And I guarantee you there are tech tools that you're probably paying for that you're not using. Just saying. I had a bunch of them. I know I am. I, I keep signing up to these monthly services and I... I keep thinking, I dread to think how much I'm spending a month. So one of the things I've put on my list is to uh, review my monthly costs now. Like, yeah, oh, those... shiny new toy. Let's go up to that. Exactly. A month. <laughs> and Ooh, I know those of you toy. who are watching and listening are going through the same thing. I guarantee you there's probably two or $300 a month you're paying for tools that you're probably yeah. not using them or not using them to the full. So, yeah. All right. So the last one, I always, we leave the best for last. And it, I, we should have carved out a little more time for this one. Uh, continue marketing. And I know that's kind of the, the trigger when people want to start saving money, that's usually the first thing that gets cut. What would your recommendations be to somebody in that spot? So, so oh this, my gosh. don't, don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this particular Peter, one is, is uh, concerning yeah. me because with my, half of my life now being in the YouTube marketing world, uh, there is a lot of information going around 
now about what to expect from because I've never lived through a recession with a like a, a media company or you know a YouTube yeah. channel. And um, the last times it's happened, everyone expects your views to go up because people are out of work and they're stuck at home on their couch again. But the the ad rates just drop it drop by half. Marketing companies stop spending or not marketing companies, marketing departments stop spending money on campaigns. So they cut their budget. So people like you know, sponsorships, affiliate marketing, those kind of things drop down again. And it is completely the wrong thing to do because as an MSP, you need you need new clients. You need to be putting yourself out there. Exactly what we said at the very, very beginning of this. It is the opportunity to be out there standing in front of all the other kind of people that are, are being quiet and not doing anything. And they will be the people that struggle. It's it's now's the time to put the extra money into your marketing budget. Um and and kind of like the um the stock market kind of thing, which is horrendous looking at it now because every time you look at it, it's your money's getting less and less and less. Uh, but you invest now and you invest the money now, you pick up the clients and then you ride the clients, you know, recruitment companies, it's going to suck for recruitment companies because they're going to really struggle because people are going to be doing a lot of layoffs. But if you can pick up those recruitment clients amongst that recession, they can go from very quickly having like five or 10 people on their, their team to 30 or 40 as they kind of grow out the recession as they're getting getting staff uh, into their clients. So there are opportunities there, but you won't see them unless you're doing some marketing. Um, yeah. So yeah, just it's it's bad. Just try it's it's really difficult because of course when things are crashing, you don't want to spend more money on things that you know are crashing. Yep. Um, but it's why it's it's that I don't know. There's there's a name for it, but um, it's it's the time you do because those are the people that that win at the end of the day. Yep. Also, yeah. I've heard. But we we've, we've, <laughs> we've also said like this this doesn't have to cost a lot of money, right? You know, we we always think of marketing yeah. as this big expensive thing, but we've we've already talked about Jez. He's he's making videos on his phone and uploading them straight to LinkedIn, and he's winning clients because mm -hmm. again, he's just being present. He's being top of mind. He's talking about things that are, are resonating with people, and it's that continual feed of information that's gonna win clients. It, you know, you. We, we've talked about this, I think, I feel like many times now where you can, you can spend 20,000 pounds and get a video production company to make a really slick video for you with stock footage and those whirling clocks in London and great sound and <laughs> cool, but like nobody watches it or it just lands at the wrong time or it's long and boring. Whereas, you know, if you look at what Jez is doing is he's making short videos, they're easy to make, he's using a phone. There's no, you know, additional lighting or cameras or microphones or anything like that. He's getting a short and sharp message across and he's capturing someone's attention. And if that one video doesn't catch it, well, do you know what? He's made three more since I saw that one. And he's kind of doing this. I don't think it's daily yet, Jez, you tell me if I'm wrong, but like it's at least every other day, I think that I'm seeing videos from him pop up on the feed. And that chance of just being out there, being visible, being friendly, you know, giving away value he's going to win clients and that isn't a cost. So when yep. we say continue marketing, we're not saying, Hey, you have to continue like a big, huge spend on marketing, yep. simple tactics like that. When we talked about diversify your offerings, but look at your marketing strategies. And I know video is scary. I get it. Look at my bloopers that we sent out today. Like it, it can go wrong, but also it doesn't have to be super polished for you to start winning clients. Yep. Yep. And I, and I, the, um, go I've ahead. got a coaching client that's um, or a coaching client or he's on my course, uh, Marcus, he runs a cybersecurity firm. And he messaged me, I'm just trying to find a message. He messaged me uh, last week to say, um, I don't know what happened on my poor neglected YouTube channel, but I just got four paying new customers through it. Goes to show spending some time on video marketing does actually work. This is from a guy that hasn't actually uploaded a video in, uh, I don't know, like 
two months. Um, but he's picked up four paying clients. And I, and I hate like banging on about video all the time, but yep. just that, that goes to show that, yeah, the time and effort you're putting into a property mark, proper marketing budget, or uh, from my point of view, I always think like going to networking meetings and taking that time out to spend an hour or two in a networking meeting full of people who probably don't care or even want to know you or what your services are versus spending that same amount of time just sat in front of a camera, feeling really awkward, hating your voice, hating what you look like. Um, but you can actually do something with it. And, and you know, <laughs> someone else was um, talking about this recently with, with um, filmmaking, like people, it, it's quite, a, you know, the, the film festivals, trying yeah. to get a film um, on at a film festival is such a big challenge for those big filmmakers. And you can do that and you can put all the work into doing that. Oh, so, sorry, am I still on? My, my screen's kind of frozen a bit. Yeah, it's still on. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, they put all the effort in going to a film festival and they'll 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 get through and they'll get it in front of like 5,000 people at the film festival. Huge amount of work involved. Or they can put the same amount of work, probably a lot easier because they're not having to try and push through all these barriers that are put in front of them all the time. Create the film, put it onto YouTube and... 20,000 people can see it, 50,000, and not just just like one off. There is constantly there for people to view and and build traffic for you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, sorry to bang on about video again, but exactly what Scott said is just, just it works. There's a reason why there's a reason why the three of us are sitting on a, a YouTube video live right now, and, and people are probably going to listen to us on a podcast in their cars in the next week or so on replay. There's a reason why we do it, because it, it bloody works. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. difficult to get over the barriers of looking and sound and, and technical challenges behind it but like like we've seen with uh, with jez mobile phone bloody tiktok for god's sake like <laughs> i just read his message it's like it's sodding tiktok like of all places to pick up clients it's tiktok yeah but it and, works yeah i, I love why this. people shouldn't at least be doing that, you know. yeah his last comment what i found is people who don't normally engage with your content have started engaging and sending him dms every other day or so is the plan so for his videos so right? yeah nice. keep up the good work Perfect. So, do you guys have anything? I think we'll we'll end it here. I want to be respectful of everybody's time who's listening, uh, watching us live. Um, but yeah, any other parting thoughts that you would have? I was going to see if we can do a cool. I have like a. I was going to see if we can do a cool trick where I pass the. has got the dollar through the through the video. We'll have to that. There we go. I always see. I told you. I always get it wrong. He's got actual dollars. Yeah, I would only have pound notes. Um, I have one technically too. Um, yeah. Move your clients to pay in advance if you're doing professional services. Um, get people on direct debit because yeah. again, your cash flow is going to be super important. And so if you're still on 30 day terms getting paid after 30 days or later than 30 days for a piece of professional services work or hardware, no. But if, yep. if that's still happening to you and your MSP, you need to get it paid sooner. Okay, yep. so take that bold move to get paid sooner. I'm having to go through that journey myself of, of, of going, no, we need to get paid in advance or we need a 50% deposit on this piece of work. It's It's been a tough mindset to break through. But if you're still there where I was, you need to change that and definitely get people on direct debits so that you you are automatically claiming that money um, from their bank each month for those invoices. Yep, for sure. On, on the flip side of that, I'll also add just to vet your suppliers as well. Um, I've seen a few um, people have messaging in the groups I've got where they've, they've bought something from a potentially new supplier because they had stock where it was like impossible to get a hold of stock anywhere else. And they've, they've lost the money because the suppliers basically done the whole like sold it before they actually had it kind of thing. They don't have it in stock. Oh, now I, I'm sorry, I'm waiting for stock to come in now. 
And in the meantime, they're just holding on to their money and won't give them a refund. So yeah, just just vet your suppliers as well, I'd say. Dangerous, dangerous world out there. All right, I think Dangerous that's times. all. Yeah, that's all we've got. Uh, I'm going to plug one more time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. That's where we're, that is going to be our new home starting next week. We're going to be streaming strictly from our YouTube page. Uh, so definitely subscribe, hit the notifications so that you are alerted uh, when we put out new content. Uh, but yeah, any other, uh, Scott, you have a, uh, what is your webinars tomorrow, isn't it? Your uh, two hour it mega is. stream. Yeah, so we're doing two hours live. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, we are how to secure your Office 365 tenant. Um, and essentially, what this is we're going to do what no one else will do, I think, is we're going to go through and show exactly what we do and how we set things up and how we secure things. All the stuff that we charge good money for um, to, to go through and just give that knowledge away. And yep. so I really hope it's valuable. We've got nearly 200 people signed up now, nice. uh, which is phenomenal. Absolutely nice. phenomenal. We put the invite out on the 1st of June and here we are like a month later and 200 people almost have signed up. So we're so excited. Uh, the whole room yo, is yo, like a yo, jungle yo. of wires in the main office. <laughs> Next door. So we're, yeah, we're just, we're excited to get through it and, and just share and learn and teach and show people. Um, and hopefully it's really valuable, but that'll also be on YouTube as well. So people can go back and, and rewatch whenever yep. they want. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a community. Have you watched that, that show, Community? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Community. Ma magnitude. Yo, 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 yo. Pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that. That was for my son. Yeah, it's like, he's like, you got to put that on your show somewhere. I'm like, all right, why not? <laughs> uh, Gideon said, yes, uh, good work. So, yes, check out Scott's uh mega live stream tomorrow uh pete you got anything coming up this week uh between this week and next week no so i'm, I'm actually going away on a um so i'm, I'm a member of entrepreneur circle and yep. they've got this thing called a boot camp or is it boot camp no the implementer they call it so tuesday and wednesday next week i'm going up to see them in birmingham where i just i basically sit with them for two days and they've got a team of experts around you people are like google ads facebook ads um website design like email campaigns direct mail and you're basically there just to put the work in and, and make some things. So I'm basically there to, yeah, some lead gen campaigns, getting some Facebook ads going, getting some possibly LinkedIn ad, ads going, um, just trying loads of new stuff. Because as with marketing, it always changes. So keep yep. trying new things, test it, see what works and take it from there. So yeah, that's that's my plan for, for next week. Awesome. It's Sunday night. I've actually got asked to be on Ecamm Live Network, uh, their live stream oh, on cool. Sunday night. Right. So I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. As you can see, I'm a huge Ecamm fan. <laughs> so if you're curious what we run this show on now, it is run strictly through Ecamm. Um, so if you want to if you want to check out Ecamm, Pete and I are fans. Now Scott is now a fan as of this week as well. He's actually going to be doing his yeah. live stream through Ecamm tomorrow. So um, we'll have to come super up Super easy to use as well. Yeah, really easy. Yeah, super simple. Uh, I absolutely love it. Pete and I both use it. I use it for live streams. I use it for all my video content. Live streams, online courses, videos, whatever. All done in Ecamm. So. All right, guys. That will wrap uh, our show for this week. Thank you again for sharing your earbuds with me and sharing your screens with us live, those who are tuning in live. And if you're catching us on the replay, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. Appreciate everything you do and uh, the contributions to the not MSP channel. So, yeah. All right, any other parting thoughts, guys? 
that's it. Same nope. time, same place. Nope. See you next week. Have right. an awesome week, guys. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, see you soon. I won't be here next week, so I'll, we'll figure something out. But I'm on that course next week, so uh, yeah, gotcha. we'll see what happens. So we'll see. Maybe Scott and I, maybe Scott and I will hang out next week and talk about Pete. So, oh yeah, <laughs> we smashed it last time when Pete wasn't here. It was like the best, and then we got to talk about him the whole time. Oh yeah, maybe we'll do that. We'll plan a whole show on the things we love and hate about Pete. So I'm just kidding, man. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, I will see you next week. Take care. Be safe out there.